everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is running co-host Chris Gasperi. This is Frank Pelicoon. This is Orion Moses. And tonight you're listening to episode 164. And the title of this episode is Orion's Top Five B Movies. So in uh last year, we had our first guest top five ever, a uh, friend of the podcast, Jason Heaster. Uh went through his top five um what was the official it was term? about goddamn cars cars <laughs> i i think we had a more technical term than cars that's what i was trying to remember but um but yes yeah, so it's top five like you it know, was racing movies. racing movies yeah. yeah so um and we want to continue that tradition what we're trying to do is um people that have supported us um you know for the past like close to four years uh with the podcast uh friends of ours that have helped us out with different episodes and such um we've been trying to give them one episode a year to uh go ahead and go through their top five movies so b movies is uh was orion's category so orion first thing i wanted to ask you um is why b movies like how did you start watching b movies so i um i got back into movies maybe like 10 years ago and i started going through the IMDb top 250, watching all the the really good movies that I missed Mm -hmm. throughout the years, because there was a period where I didn't watch a lot of movies, maybe like 10 years or so. And so I had to do a lot of catching up. And I think I've seen all the good movies that I want to, except for like new ones coming out. So then, and then I watched the VHS documentary and was introduced to a movie that I decided to watch. And uh, it's Tales from the Quad Dead Zone that we actually talked about in an episode on this podcast 100th episode yeah and it it changed my life so i just um i just look for the bad movies now and i'm i'm going through like an 80s midlife crisis i was born in 1980 so i'm i'm buying stuff from the 80s and uh yeah i'm going through the bad ones i've seen them and just like by recommendations or just by chance on youtube i've been watching mostly 80s movies but definitely some 70s ones and the ones we're going to talk about tonight are the top five that i i keep coming back to and watching like over like every now and then i'll come back and i'll watch it besides a couple that we that are going to be special these are going to be these are the top five i keep coming back to and they're all they're all really fantastic and i have a lot of notes i take that i took but i i realized if we went over all these notes it would be like a a six and a half hour podcast <laughs> so i'm just going to do like a quick summary and then i want to talk about some parts of the movie that i i really enjoy watching that are either funny or i think are really well done okay um so one thing something frank and i have talked about uh offline more um or maybe something in the future is the idea of comfort movies like if you keep going back mm. to these movies do you find some sort of like comfort in like re-watching them yeah there's definitely comfort in them there's a lot of uh a lot of them have really good music so i'll just uh play the movie while i'm driving my car and just have it streaming on youtube and definitely is i would rather do that sometimes than find some kind of playlist or anything on like that so definitely comfort for sure yeah okay but i can Um, make a new list for those for sure right um so uh in terms of making the list, was there anything that came close to making it that like just didn't quite make the cut for your top five? I do. Um, I have a few movies here. I'm just going to say a little word about because I do. I've watched these movies a few times, but not as much as the others. 
Um, first one is Neon Maniacs. Mm. I know Frank likes this movie. We make some it. jokes about this movie. Yeah, because it's it deals with these humanoid creatures that come out from under a bridge, but there's like a door, uh, something like that. And uh, the rain is like acid to them. So there's a big plot about them coming out and kids catching them and getting them with water. Another one is Video Violence that I made Frank watch one time. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. And uh, it's about a town that loves horror movies, but they have a secret like people that are new to the town come in and they kill them and they film it. And then that's like their secret library of horror movies. They pass around like for a good old Saturday nights and whatever uh, the video did. It's about the TV. And when you play it, it plays zombie movies and the zombies come out of them, come out of the TV and other things come out of the TV. Uh, next movie is shopping them all. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You say something. You have something to say about Video Dead. Video Dead is one of the greatest VHS covers. Um, oh yeah, things hot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really good. It's one of those ones that, like, if you see it, like you've seen it. If you went to video stores in the eighties, you saw it, like, at every video store you went to in the horror section. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. All these, most of these covers are really are really good. And actually, some of these are pretty expensive VHS tapes. And I've thought about buying some, but I just haven't. I just haven't done it. Yeah, I'm into VHS tapes as well. So I'll find them at the flea market and whatever. Some one of my 80s things. Um, next movie was Chopping Mall. Where there are these robots in the in the mall that are going to be security after hours. And kids stay the night and they start going crazy and killing them and whatever. Uh, Ice Pirates. Mm. I know Frank likes this movie. I love Ice Pirates. Yeah. Um, that's in the future and ice and water. Both of them are rare, is that right? And they have to, they're trying to find the ice and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. These are pretty comedic scenes and stuff. I really like that one. Oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> I know that movie. That's a Larry Gasparri movie. <laughs> so you hate it. <laughs> I don't remember it, honestly, but you I should, saw you it when I was watch young. Yeah. Um, Terror Vision. Um, it's a movie where the dad hooks the TV up and it's a satellite and it. It, it beams in like a uh, extraterrestrial and it's super 80s. All the characters are super 80s and the, the monster's weird and all kinds of stuff happens. Uh, the Wraith actually has Charlie Sheen in it. And there's these people racing cars and he just appears out of nowhere from the heavens with this crazy car and he's like uh, racing these street thugs and all this stuff. Wraith is uh, funny. Yeah. I got two left. I got uh, Cherry 2000, mm. which is about a man in the future and he has a a cyborg wife that's kind of the thing and his breaks down or dies or kicks the bucket or something and he's got a he wants another one because it's got a personality and he's getting another one or the, or the pieces to fix it and they have to go on this journey and he meets this woman and i think they end up in las vegas like that's where they find yep. the next yeah <laughs> and then um last one is don't go in the woods which i think you've talked about on this podcast before it was an point. also, it was a movie that could have made the list, but didn't make the list. Of always, like, always a bridesmaid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, three people go in the woods, but then there's just someone killed. There's like massive amounts of killings in this movie. Like if you want to watch a movie to see some some deaths, like that is well. Besides a movie we're going to talk about, this "Don't Go in the Woods" movie is is the one to watch. Watch a bunch of different deaths, and there's really funny music in that one as well some really funny deaths too actually yeah 
yeah that's it's pretty fun that's um those are my runner-ups did you guys did, did you make me watch neon maniacs one night hmm yeah i think so we were drinking one night yeah. maybe <laughs> the the funny story about neon maniacs is orion and i both watched neon maniacs like separately within like what like a couple days of each other right yeah and it was then, really by chance yeah and then we were like talking about like oh neon maniacs and then we went out to the bar and it was like all foggy and rainy and we were both <laughs> like man it's crazy neon maniacs out here tonight yeah yeah you because i no, i think i think i watched it and then you said oh i watched this amazing movie you gotta you gotta see and i was like oh what's that and he's like oh, and you're like neon maniacs and i was like i oh, just watched that it's crazy yeah yeah something like that yeah just crazy random that we both watched it at the same time i can't even remember how like where it popped up that i watched it i mean it must have been on youtube i don't know if it was a recommendation or what i think it was when we were both looking for those playlists on youtube that are like oh yeah yeah here's 45 movies from like 1980 whatever oh you know i forgot all i forgot all about those playlists hmm <laughs> but i'm gonna be doing uh this weekend looking at those <laughs> Frank, I have two quick questions for you that you might know. Do you know why that there's so many of these movies have alternate titles at times? Uh, sometimes it's just because of different distribution deals with video companies. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's because the title was like the European release title and then the American release title. Gotcha. Um, and then sometimes it's because they would just try and re-release them under a different title to like double dip into the revenue. Right. I was just wondering because I saw Neon Maniacs apparently was also released under Evil Dead Warriors. Um, yeah. yeah. So that would be to try and trick people into, you know, yeah, thinking that it's part of that universe. It's kind of like a Netflix, like changing the pictures all the time, like to make you think it's a different movie. <laughs> well, um, we just talked about Zombie 2. Yeah. Um, which is called Zombie 2 because Fulci wanted to trick people into thinking it was a sequel to sure. Night yeah. of the Living Dead. Right. Right. Which was called Zombie in um in Italy. In Italy, yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Um the other thing is you were saying before the podcast that you had seen all these movies previously. Um how how did how do you how do you stumble upon these movies? What we were just talking about, um, a couple of years ago, uh, Orion and I both found like this wealth of playlists mm -hmm. on YouTube of like uncut full length B movies, basically. And there's like, well, we, I think we had like three or four that we found of like different years and stuff. And it was yeah. like hundreds of movies. And I mean, some of them I had seen from when I was a kid. One of them was streaming on Amazon and something that it's a genre that I like a lot. So I just watched it. But I don't know. I mean, I watch a bunch of shit. Like, what are you gonna do? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just find find stuff, right? One of the movies is like, in my opinion, one of the more like popular horror movies from when when we were young, like that everybody would rent. Oh, oh yeah, sure. It's um, the only one another, that I had seen. Like, well, I saw one of them, but you guys made me watch it. But. Another one was something, and we talked about this right before the podcast started. That um channel 54 in baltimore used to do a saturday movie monster matinee at like 10 o'clock in the morning or something it was after the kung fu movie they would show a horror movie and one of these movies they would show like once or twice a year so i used to just see it randomly on saturdays sometimes when i would watch 
my weekly horror movie before I was really allowed to rent like horror movies, and that was how I got my fix. Gotcha. Yeah, this is this is not my forte, like personally, like whatsoever. Um, is are these type of movies, but um, uh, I I enjoy most of them. Um, like I would never stumble upon these movies, so that's why I'm always like surprised, like that you guys know so many of these type of movies, is because it's nothing I would ever like just randomly find. I don't think in the course of my daily life, and it's nothing I would um probably like try to find. Um. But yeah, that's an interesting journey. So you want to jump into your top five, Orion? Sure. All right. So number five on your list is 1976's Squirm. It is directed by Jeff Lieberman. It stars Don Scardino, Patricia Piercy, Gene Sullivan, and R.A. Dow. It has a 29% from critics on Rotten Tomato and a 26% from audiences, which is very low. That's weird. But um, you want to tell us a little bit about this movie and uh, why it made your list? Sure. Oh, I was going to say that this was going to be 80s B-movies, but this one's from the 70s, so got a little switch to um, B-movies. Yeah, so this is, um, I don't remember when I found this movie. I think it was like probably what Frank's talking about, those, those, um, those big playlists on YouTube. I like all these characters. I like all the characters. It's the, the setting is like a real setting in Georgia, I guess. Like everything looks like just a rundown stuff. There's a redhead in this movie. This movie that's uh, beautiful. It's very nice to look at. Roger is the creepy guy that uh, he's the worm farmer, and he's uh, he's really weird. But his uh, character is amazing, and he has some he has some great lines and scenes. We'll like get to those parts. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna do a quick summary, and we can go over some good stuff. This movie is it takes place in Georgia. And there's a farmhouse and. The girl is there. Her name is uh, Jerry, and Jerry's there with her mom and sister. And Rogers does the worm farm and he does odd jobs. And you meet other characters, but there's this guy, and his name is Mick. And he goes, he's going to come see Jerry because they met at like a antique show or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> so he's coming to see some antiques in Georgia. So we'll talk about how he gets there. But he gets he gets to her house, and then. He finds a worm. Oh, oh! The whole point of this movie is that these it's it's squirm. So these worms are gonna be killing people. So what's going on is that there was a huge storm, and the power line tower fell over, and the power lines are zapping the ground that are wet. So it's like electrocuting the worm. That's like that's the story. And so this whole movie, you're just waiting for the worms to get people, and like eventually some things, some of those things happen. But there's like huge plot line that doesn't doesn't even matter in this movie. That lasts like the whole movie. So when Roger gets to the town, he finds a worm in the cafe and you meet the sheriff. And the sheriff's really funny because he says fella all the time. Like he's like, why you gotta do a thing like that, fella? <laughs> and um, so you meet the, the sheriff, he's awesome. And then Jerry and Mick find a skeleton. And they're like, oh, we gotta tell the sheriff. And then the, the skeleton's not there anymore. And then they find the skeleton again. And there's this huge plot with the skeleton that makes doesn't ma- doesn't even matter to the story, but that's how I guess they could figure out a way to make the worms work into a story or something. Um, what happens after that? They go fishing with Roger, and there's a great scene that happens that we're going to talk about. And 
then Roger is like lost in the woods and he's like a maniac that's like a side he's like a side villain to the worms and you're just you're just waiting for the worms the whole time to get people and uh the worms get Roger and then there's a bunch of worm death scenes at the end and then all of a sudden the worms are like invading the house and a couple people three people survive and that's like the that's square that's the super quick version otherwise we're going to be here for hours um so let me get into some good stuff here so the way that they the way that the way that mick comes and meets jerry is he takes a bus and they're going down this road and all of a sudden the bus driver is like oh we can't go any further there's a tree and so mick's like oh i'm gonna get out which direction is it i'm gonna walk that direction and he's just walking in the woods for like it seems like he's like lost walking in the woods with all this stuff and he falls in this mud and then Jerry's like there in the woods, like, oh, I'm glad, glad you came. It's like the most, and she took Roger's truck to get there, but it's like in the middle of the woods, like not even any roads or anything. Yeah, very, would never happen ever. Um, the sheriff with the fella thing is pretty funny. And then uh, I think it's so funny. I don't know why, probably because I'm a terrible person, but Roger and his dad arguing about the worms from the truck. I was like, come oh, no, on, the worms are gone. And Roger's like, I don't know what happened to the worms, Dad. Like, going back and forth forever. Especially you, ain't never, you ain't never mounted to nothing in your life. Uh, you yeah. never want to mount to nothing. You can't take care of my worms. <laughs> Especially with those accents. Because, like, <laughs> th- those accents are, are pretty, it seems pretty all, somewhat authentic. Um, and I, I, it took me a while to get into it, like, and just being able in terms to understand them, because those accents sometimes are, like, thick as hell, like, to understand mm. what they were saying was difficult early on, like, with, especially with the female characters early on. Yeah, Jerry, the female, the redhead, she, I don't, I don't really like Southern accents much, but I like her accent that she has. I guess it's not super thick or something. Um what happened so then they find the skeleton and they bring the sheriff back and he, he, there's no skeleton there in the sheriff this part is the funniest part to me in this movie the, he's the sheriff's like i want you gone and don't call anybody because the phones are dead and he turns around and, the, and then mick is like oh the phones are dead like talking to uh what's your name and then the sheriff turns around but they like quickly turn and are laughing towards the camera it's like really really funny to me because <laughs> yeah, this is big city lawyers he's not going to be able to get a hold of yeah right. because yeah, he hates city people because they're in georgia somewhere oh it's fly creek fly, fly creek georgia yeah, yeah. Uh, all right so we're going to talk about this fishing scene so there's this he's trying to he so they refine the skeleton and Mick's convinced that the skeleton is the first skeleton, Mr. Beardsley, the antique guy. So he's like, oh, we're going to go fishing, and then I'm leaving you with Roger, the creepy guy, so I can go investigate the skeleton. Like, no one would ever do that ever. But that's what, so they go fishing with, with Roger, and he gets a worm to bite him on accident, or on purpose. And he's like, oh, I got to go. And he's like, you guys have fun. And, and, and Jerry's just like looking at him, like, please don't leave me with Roger. But he leaves him, or he leaves her. And like then there's a super awkward kiss moment and the worms fall and Roger falls on the worms. And there's an awesome scene with the worms like burrowing into Roger's yeah. face and he's like, oh, and like he runs into the woods and through the water and she run after him and stuff. That's awesome. He like jumps into the water and all of a sudden you realize this like giant like lake is 
like two feet deep. Just like <laughs> yeah. walking through it. Uh, yeah, it's like up knee deep or something. Yeah, that uh, that's a really funny scene that leads into something else here. Yeah, none of the skeleton scene. I guess things happen with the skeleton, like that that scene there that makes Roger more evil or something. You see, you see Roger's creepy face every now and then showing up, like teasing that he's out there. Like it's in the rearview mirror at the worm farm. And uh, I think it's pretty funny where, pretty cool where um, he finds Roger's dead and he opens up the shirt and it's just all worms. And he just like starts smacking the worms with the shovel to like kill some worms. Yeah. And the very next scene, the sheriff's like eating some spaghetti like at the restaurant. That's an amazing scene. The worms with the dead. No, no, no. The yeah, the juxtaposition of that. Right. Um, him and the sheriff and his wife like sucking like these big pieces of spaghetti covered <laughs> yeah. in red sauce into their like disgusting lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a weird scene where the mix spills the salt in the house and the tree falls on the house, like where they were eating, and uh, actually looks really well done. But then there's a there's a little subflower mix gonna go leave to get some wood. Right. to like repair the house and they're like oh just walk this way there's a concrete concrete structure and it's just like wood like in a field and he takes these two flimsy plywood plywood sheets like <laughs> he's gonna fix the house with these with these plywood sheets <laughs> it's like what and um so roger pushes him in a hole and he's got the uh he's got the crazy worms and he's like jerry's always been mine and you ruined it and he's like you're gonna be the worm face like the classic line of this movie had her and then you spoiled everything but now you're spoiled and you're gonna be the worm face <laughs> and then he throws the flimsy flywood onto Micken and knocks him out this whole movie the power lines are still striking the ground to remind you that there's a uh, crazy stuff going on so anyway we're finally back to the house there's a million worms there was a cool part where they opened the bathroom door and there's like a wall of worms that fall out. And uh, this whole time the worms are, they give them screaming noises and they're like, Meow. and then they always use the same stock footage to show the worms up close, like with their, I guess their blood worms with their mouths yeah. opening and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a cool thing, creepy scene where the mom's knitting, but then Mick finds her and the worms have engulfed the mom. And, uh, for some reason, his candle, he says somehow he figured out this plot and the, the light repels the worms. So he's like repelling the worms with the candle. But then when Jerry does it earlier, it doesn't work. I don't know what's going on there. Right. Um, the last part I was going to say, talk about was when <laughs> the scene when, so Roger has Jerry in the attic and he, they come down and they're fighting on the stairs and he, and somehow Mick throws him into the worms. And there's this like terrible scene of Roger like going into the worms. You're like, oh, and like, <laughs> it makes this really funny sound like going into the quicksand of worms and stuff. But he gets out and but he gets hit by a flashlight, and that's the end of Roger. Yeah, and they they climb out on the tree, and then the next day the worms are gone, and the there's a there's like a power line man out there, and he's like, the power, all the phones are, lines are up, and. Funniest thing, nobody answered the damn telephone or something like that. And it's like, oh, and that, that's the end of the movie. And um, Jerry's sister is still alive because she hid mm. inside a trunk. Yeah, she comes out of a trunk like that was in the closet. So that's good thinking. Yeah. Let me I say that I think 
I think that Mick is possibly the worst protagonist in the history of film. <laughs> like, makes all the wrong decisions. Is just, just a complete dick and like pisses everybody off. That's Has true. that that idea like, oh, I'm gonna walk through the worm infested woods where everybody's dying. Yeah, to get like two pieces of plywood <laughs> because that's gonna patch up like the entire house being destroyed on this one side. But he yeah. makes a flaming torch out of his um his shirt at one point, which is really funny too. Hmm. I I remember reading somewhere, and I don't know where it was that um a lot's been made out of that actually, because for some reason this actually gets analyzed quite often, like in like scholarly work and stuff, um which I find interesting. But um that it like a, a lot of it uh they're talking about how like ineffective and in, maybe ineffectual he is as a protagonist, um and they a lot of people like say it like ties into like shit like um about like like sexual themes like that are like subtly like running through it and stuff like that and that he's like this basically ineffectual like um limp like protagonist that constantly like can't do anything right and constantly right. makes bad oh that's the truth stuff. yeah whatever whatever <laughs> you should do mick is going to do the opposite thing right yeah yeah after they, tell him, after they tell him it's a chocolate soda he keeps calling it an egg cream even though nobody knows what an egg cream is <laughs> yeah. yeah oh like cream i was gonna say this uh redhead jerry i think it's the only movie she was ever in is that right actually i'm not so. i don't know if i looked her up like specifically um uh no nah, she was in some other show jerry was oh okay um, a lot of the television from the 80s like startsky and hutch rockford files like mm. shit like that like tj hooker um mm. yeah she's pretty beautiful yeah short career she's really nice looking yeah, looks like the last thing she does is TV movie in '95. She did some. She did like one stage stage play. Oh, it was like Austin stage, but um, still. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what happened there. Some people just they don't keep going with it. Yeah. The worms. Get... Um, the worms in this movie are amazing. Like the fact <laughs> that a lot of it is just. Um, oh, so Orion, one of my favorite scenes, something I think is hilarious, is um, it's the the nudity in the movie, which is Jerry decides she's going to go upstairs to take a shower, so she gets mm-hmm. naked and she's like turning the faucets to turn the shower on, um, but there's no water, but like the camera pans up and these worms are coming out of the holes of the shower head, yeah, and so. they're like hanging down like six inches. And then Jerry's like, oh, there's no water. So she, she turns the faucets off and the worms get sucked back in. Like, it makes no sense that the worms get, like, pulled back up right. into the showerhead. But it's um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The implication is somehow that, like, the showerhead pushes out the water somehow. like Right. And sucks in the water. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool scene, though. Um, yeah. I'd never seen this before. And Frank had mentioned it just a few weeks ago maybe like a month ago or so right like um because we talked about jeff lieberman with what uh, blue sunshine yeah um and you had mentioned watching it and i i knew this was coming so i watched it here i thought this was really good um like like legitimately good i'm shocked by the 29 and 26 like numbers like in terms of audience scores because yeah it's funny and there's stuff that's like you know like you can like laugh at kind of but um 
I thought this was a pretty for for the budget. It's a pretty well done like eco horror like and monster movie. I mean, it's yeah. well filmed. The special. I mean, Rick Baker does the special effects, and I mean that's why they're so good, I guess. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, we have we all the um yeah the camera shots and angles everything like that. Yeah, I like everything. All these movies, they have a lot of similar things that I like, like the way you'll see certain shots and reflections and cinematography. Yeah, this movie has pretty much all the things that I like about these movies or this yeah all these movies. Not much music in it. There's like a like a, a there's coming a song like from the seventies that sounds seventy ish. 70s-ish, but uh, not not too much going on there. Not that I remember. Well, they, they have the opening song that's the yeah. I Can Hear the Dark, yeah. something, 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 and then they use that motif from that song like throughout the the do, 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 do. Hmm. Like they'll play like whenever they're doing scene transitions mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know who's singing that song or what the fuck it means that they can hear the dark knocking at my door or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and just this will probably matter a little bit more to Frank. Uh, so the guy um, that uh, plays Mick, um, Don Scardano, Dino, um, he ended up having a pretty like decent directorial career in television, but he was a producer and director on 30 Rock. Mm. Um, so if you kind of like put those two things together, um, I'm pretty sure the Stone Mountain Georgia stuff probably is related to this. Yeah. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any final thoughts you want to say about this movie, Ryan? Nope. I'm good. Okay. All right. So number four on your list is 2019 after the fall of new york from 2000 sorry 1983 it is directed by sergio martino it stars michael sobgave um which is the correct like roughly pronunciation of that name um even though it's spelled weird um valentine monier anna kanakis and edward purdom it has no rating from critics on rotten tomatoes and it has a 59 percent from audiences so you want to tell us a little bit about this one ryan and uh why major list sure um things that i write down that i like about this movie first are the the music is really really like i don't know what kind of even to call this music but i think it's a uh, like really cool 80s upbeat kind of music like like kind of like that uh, there's a lot of quick clips in this movie where it'll show you the action but it's it's like there's a scene cars and you'll see like a stick shift and you'll see a light and then you'll see this happen like really quick all these all these i think look really good in this movie i don't really usually like that type of that style yeah um i like the setting it's dirty and it's gritty and everything seems like it's a real real setting to me like nothing really seems like it was set up trust but we all three of us have watched this on youtube with the much lesser quality um i've seen this movie in better quality and there's a model of new york at the beginning that does not look as good compared to when you watch it on youtube really blurry (laughs) and um all right let me go do a quick quickish i got a one and a half whole notes of this movie we're not going to do that (laughs) i'm going to do a um quick summary of this movie so it's um 20 years after the nuclear holocaust so new york's all in in shambles and and uh you see a 
a, a, a model of the New York, I guess since obviously 2019. Oh, we passed it. New York's still okay. And um, so see this model of New York and there's a Trump guy playing a trumpet that uh, kind of, it sounds really cool and sounds really sad and somber and kind of sets the tune, I guess. So you're in New York City and you, you see all these groups in of in factions going on and uh, the, the, the bad guys are called the Urax. And so it's the children of men story where no one can have children anymore. Like women can't give birth or get pregnant. And uh, I don't, the first movie I saw with that, uh, that premise was children of men, I guess. I haven't read like a lot of books. Um, do any of you know where that first appeared? Like that story? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I feel like it must've been in some older book sci-fi or something. So well, it's children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, it's um children of men's story. No one can, women can't get pregnant. So the Urax are finding people that are, they call them not contaminated. They're finding the non-contaminated people in the city and taking them for experiments and they're killing all the contaminated and the contaminated people, they'll have like a scars on their face or like a rash or something. And so they're, they're, you're kill, they're killing the, they're killing the uh, contaminated people. Then it cuts to some other scene in Nevada or wherever it is. And um, I think it's Nevada. And there's a Mad Max scene straight out of Mad Max. And it's a, it's a car race and duel to the death. And there's a guy named Percival. He's like the, he's like the main guy in this movie. He was like a terrible actor, but he got, he has the look of being like a, like a, he could have been somebody. So I love this car car scene all this it's like it's mad max all metal on these cars and things sticking out and like there's all this scene and then and then percival wins in this duel to the death he kills these people so then he gets kidnapped by this uh spacecraft and they go to alaska where the president is or it's the president of the i think it's the confederacy not the confederacy the confederate, that's what they call the confederacy was it the hmm. confederate states or something like that yeah they're they're not with the Urax or well, whatever faction. So, and Percival knows this person. And he's like, Oh, you're the only one that can do this mission. And it's one of those. And he's like, What's the mission? And he's like, You got to go to, there's a woman in crumbling New York City that is able to have kids. You got to get her so we can repopulate the human race. And he's like, Okay. There are 500 eggs. Yeah, 500 eggs in there. And, um, so he gets two people. One is the strong man with the eye patch, and one is this guy with the hook hand. And they go to the trumpet man. The trumpet man's like, "Oh, you got to go into New York City. You got to go through this tunnel." And it's like a sewer, but this sewer is really cool. There's like waterfalls and rats and everything. So they go through the sewer and they find other groups, and we'll get into those quickly after the summary. And they find a nice looking woman at this group and you're like, oh, there's the woman that can obviously have the, um, the babies. And then they, they meet another group. We'll get into that. And then the Urax kidnap them. And then plot twist, plot twist that woman is not the fertile woman. There's, a, there's another one in New York City that they got to go find. And it's like, oh, who could that be? And then you meet, a, there's like a little person that they save. And of course, his name's Shorty, of course from the 80s and so there's like a there's people living underneath the city and 
there's some funny stuff going on but eventually shorty is the one that leads them to this woman and she's under she's under hip not hypnosis she's been like preserved for 20 years or something by the professor and really quick summary of the last half of this movie is they there's a car where the girl and the professor the professors died but there's a car there and they soup it up mad max style and escape through the city through all these like booby traps and stuff somehow they knew that there's this road they're going to be coming down those booby traps and they survive and the girl eventually leaves and she gets to go to alpha centauri and they repopulate the human race or something and that's like that was like a one hour summary in like 20 seconds (laughs) (laughs) there's so there's so many things that happen in this movie like it would be like a two-hour podcast to talk about this movie. And I know Chris does not like this movie, so this is more fun for me. <laughs> um, I see. I, it's not that I don't like it. I would just sit there. I, I think that it has like a lot of like potential at times, but because it's so low budget, like I just didn't find a lot of the stuff funny in it. Like, and mm. that's I think that's our usually our major difference with these movies is that there's a lot of stuff that you find funny that I just kind of like like or either grown at or just kind of like i don't understand why that's so funny like i i don't know what that difference is um in this movie um i didn't have a lot not a lot of humor in this movie i like i kind of i enjoy the visuals and Mm. the sounds and what's going on in this one more than um yeah comedy i i I think this movie is legitimately like entertaining and pretty badass at times Mm -hmm. despite like some poor performances (laughs) yeah there's some stuff we're going to talk about um his fight at the beginning made me laugh. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Him yeah. kicking the guy into like the whatever the car spike. Yeah, doesn't yeah. he like do like almost like a somersault over the car, or, like some kind of like weird like roll type thing? Like, yeah, he like rolls over the car hood or something and yeah. does like a couple it's kicks. Like the worst roll ever. <laughs> yeah, Par- Parcival <laughs> is not like the best fighter in the world, even though he's meant to be like <laughs> right. the ultimate fighter or whatever. Yeah. All right, you want to ready for some some yeah. of my points? All right, so yeah, I really like a lot of the the quick clips that they do. Yeah, the car the car thing at the beginning it's just so dirty and rugged. I I really like it. I guess because I really like Road Warrior and stuff as well. So always a plus for that's me. That's probably that's probably a problem with the mind too. Yeah, if I had to be honest. Um, I thought it was the enemies. The Urax are riding horses all the time, even though like this is post-apocalypse like or is are they, they're not eating the horses for food they're just like they're riding them around i guess i don't know that's weird and apparently there's no cars except for the car we're going to talk about later because they really point out that the car runs and works and stuff and it's like oh man it's like a super rare find right there um yeah smiling throughout the whole car thing for me um so he for to win after, after he wins this car race he wins a girl her, her name's Flower. And so they just, they're just like riding around and 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 he lets flower go and because he, he finds these people that are dying and he's like oh you win your freedom here's some tokens she's like oh thanks master and she like leaves you never see her again and then he gets kidnapped by the ufo and it's really funny because they go to alaska of all places and that's where the that's where the uh president of the confederacy is and there's brock who knows New York City and he's got the hook hand 
Then there's Ratchet, who's the strong man. He's got the eye patch, and we get to him later. And uh, pretty cool characters. Yeah. They they um, so they meet Trumpet Man, go into New York City, and then there's there's a fight scene that I thought was really cool, where they're fighting people around the buses. And uh, strong an eye patch man. He's got a he's got like a, a string with two like balls on the end. He's like whipping the buzz like. Whew, and uh, it doesn't. It makes a different sound than that. I made the sound of the laser guns. I forgot to talk about. But he's like whipping people with these balls. Actually, is really funny. The the Iraqs in the city at the beginning, beginning, they're using this laser gun that I love, and it's just it's like, and you you hear them doing this laser gun like all the time. It's freaking fantastic uh, sound effect. They're like Chewbacca's gun, kind of. They're like crossbow rifles, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a dude with a flamethrower thrower, he's setting some uh, some contaminated people on fire, and they're like, ah! Okay, what's going on next in my notes here? So the Urax, eventually they get, they get kidnapped by the Urax, the bad people, and uh, the hook hand puts his hook hand gets pissed off, and I forget what he says, but it's really funny, he just like sticks his whole, it's not like a hook hand, it's like a claw, like yeah. a mechanical claw. And he has, so he has two pincher things and he like sticks the pinchers in this guy's eyes and he's like, ah! Oh. Um, yeah, so they, so then there's all of a sudden, they're all tied up separately and there's a tra- there's an attractive bad girl, like a guy, like a bad guy that's a girl. And if anyone watches um, All Elite Wrestling, it looks like there's a referee named Aubrey Edwards and it, she has really Aubrey type of, uh, mannerisms and stuff if you want and if it's true <laughs> you want to yeah. t- <laughs> you want to say frank what uh, i texted you uh who looked like aubrey edwards in i was like have you seen yeah. aubrey edwards yet yeah <laughs> uh, yeah because i was texting orion when i was watching it after i watched the wrong movie <laughs> so yeah the twist of the movie is that giada that's the girl that is attractive they, they make percival point her out because they're like oh he's she's the one that uh you're gonna kill me so she's the one that can have kids and and she's sterile so you're like oh man who's the who's the real uh whatever so they escape to make it make it shorter they escape and um one of my favorite shots in this movie is like half a second i don't know why i like it so much but this is they just they're gonna use stun guns on them so they have a stun gun and there's people chasing them along this wall and the shot is just this guy crouching and then it just switches to a switches to a quick clip of him from the side and the the stun gun comes out of the gun and it's like it's just like a bunch of rays it's like and um it stuns his leg but the shot of him shooting the gun out of the thing or the 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 ray out of the gun and it's like whoa uh that shot is amazing to me so then then they're down underneath of the underneath of the um i forget what building they said that they're under but the the um the urax are shooting this noise gun down there and they're all like oh and they and they're they're basically dying and they're holding their hands on their ears and to solve the problem they say that it's wax but to solve the problem they like it looks like there's a big there's like a log and they're like pulling like this rotten wood out of the off this log or something and they're sticking in their ears and they're and like all of a sudden they're like oh it's amazing and so someone sticks the wood in someone else's ears and like then they, they then they get up and they and it's like a uh did you think did you guys think that was like a routing log that they did that with 
I have no idea with it because I mean, to your point, this is really difficult to watch in the, I think the format we all watched it in. So I mm. just, I, I just assumed it was some crazy futuristic like wax. Because <laughs> it was next to a fire, and I'm like, there's wood there, and I'm like, you just take take wood wood and put it in his ears. That's really weird to me, but it must have been some candles there or something. Yeah, we watched it all in really bad quality, so that's probably my fault that I don't uh, couldn't tell what I was looking at. And they just, they just, Shorty and those people just abandon everybody else and they all die except for the, the people that with the wax in their ears. So then, you gonna say something? Me? Oh, wait. No, I wait you're done. Okay. So then, then they meet this new group. It's like Planet of the Apes style. And the main guy's name is Big Ape. And he's this really tall dude. And they all have like ape kind of features. And um, so, so Shorty. They become friends with Big Ape and stuff. And then even though they're still fighting, there's some feuds going on. Shorty tapes them to the professor's house and there's the girl in there. And uh, her name is Melissa in hibernation. And to get her out of this place, there's a station wagon. It looks just like the um, car from from uh, National Lampoons, kind of. And uh, Shorty's all hyping up, I guess cars in the future don't really work anymore. He's all hyping up this car. So they go to the junkyard to put metal on it like Mad Max. And my, the funniest part of the movie for me is this one. It's like a Ben Kenobi moment from A New Hope. So Shorty's like, the Yorks are chasing Shorty. And then and he's he's going to like sacrifice himself so they can get away. And he's like, he says, the Yorks are like, where are they at? And he's, and he's like, I'll tell you where they all are stupid bastard Ooh! and he like <laughs> he like walks into these spikes on the on the car car motor is the spike sticking out i don't know what's <laughs> but that is very funny to watch that sorry for uh anyone doesn't like deaths but that was a funny death um they sweep up the car like mad max pretty cool there's checkpoints where they expect a car to come out of or something i don't know what's going on there's booby traps and there's spikes for the tires, but all the spikes are lit up, so you can just see where the spikes are, and they just see they see where the spikes are. They're orange. They just they just drive around the spikes, and there's a pretty awesome kill scene where where um, Big Ape throws his sword back. He just sacrifices his sword that he has like a scimitar. He throws it back and it chops off like five heads in a row. You can see it go like. Um. Well, driving against the wall, avoiding these spikes, and there's a funny scene. You're like you're wondering how Big Ape's gonna die because he's been teased. Death scenes like for like a little while. There's like a bunch of lasers shooting down after this tunnel, and it shows a shot of like them looking behind the car, and Big Ape's just like, just like a skeleton thing, like oh, like, like fried back there. It's pretty funny. Like oh shit, Big Ape's dead for real. Um. Then you find a, another twist. Right before they delivered the girl that Ratchet, the strong man, is a cyborg. And there's some weird backstory with the cyborgs. They don't go into it too much. Like they they don't exist anymore and they're loyal to the owners. I don't know. I think that I don't I don't know what the story was going on there, but there's a pat there's a fight with the cyborg and he kills Giada. And there's and and then then Percival and Giada are trying to talk talk all romantically and stuff, and it makes no sense whatsoever. And and then there's like a an afterthought by Percival, and it makes no sense whatsoever what he's talking about. 
And yeah, they deliver Melissa and he gets a ride to Alpha Centauri. And she, the last thing you see is uh, Melissa opening her eyes and Percival has to tell her what's happened in the tw last 20 years or something crazy like that. That's all I want to talk about. Um, I think this movie has crazy good production value for being like a, basically a low budget like rip off of a couple different movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, because it's obviously I think like a combination of um, Mad Max and uh, Escape from New York is like the two big influences here. But I think like all the the settings and like the Iraq like um, headquarters and stuff all look really good. Like you said, the stuff in the um, sewers looks really good. Um, I think that it's got some good sound effects and even though they're kind of cheesy, like the, the special effects are pretty decent in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that I love about watching like B movies is that even though there's not a lot of like money that went into it, you can tell that the people actually cared about what they were making and were trying to make something you know that was like worth watching and i think it makes it a lot of fun to watch and fucking um percival who is like the poor man's kurt russell basically <laughs> um with his page boy haircut and like the worst fighter in the world like this dude that you're supposed to believe is like the savior of the universe and like every time he gets in any kind of fight just ends up on the wrong end of like getting his ass beat like constantly <laughs> which is hilarious fucking percival yeah I, I i really enjoy this movie it's one of my favorite um like lesser known i guess like post-apocalyptic it used to be it used to stream on amazon it was on prime for a long time and i guess it's gone in the past like year because it's been about a year so i think year and a half maybe since i watched it um, but i was glad you put it on the list and i actually watched the wrong movie because i wasn't paying attention <laughs> and i watched um 2000 uh or no i watched 1989 the Bronx Warriors, which is a completely different movie, because I thought that was the one that Orion wanted me to watch. So that movie will never end up on any of my lists. And literally, like eighty-five percent of the way through the movie, I texted Orion and said, "Hey, what's <laughs> the New York movie again?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. That one is not. I'm not a big, not a fan of that movie. I think Frank, you told me to watch that movie, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know about this one." Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's really funny. Like, mm. it's got literally like the most unlikable lead character because the actor is so fucking bad at his job, but um, <laughs> hilarious. Like, some really funny stuff in it. Influenced by like The Wiz, and I don't know. Like, there's so many weird things going on in that movie. The worst walk in history yeah yeah chest out hips tight that's chest out that's how, butt back and weird legs right. and i don't know it's all, that's how it's that's all how wrong. trash gets around it's all it's all wrong so ryan i did some research uh for you it looks like there was an author sci-fi author named edward lewin um from the late uh, that wrote a book in the late 70s called the Doug douglas convolution um that kind of brought the idea back around like this time period but it the farthest back i could go was 1967 there was a uh, uk writer um his name df jones who wrote a book called implosion that 
dealt with uh, mass infertility among women, um, hmm. which is the furthest back that I can go. So um, that doesn't isn't there isn't not... there a Twilight Zone episode where everybody's like old and they become obsessed with like a child because there's not been a child born in a long time. That sounds very familiar. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been fifties, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, unless it was the twilight zone, like revamp in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. I, I found um, references in a couple of scholarly articles about, um, mass infertility but it was like state sanction which isn't the same thing um as like what this movie is it's like more like where the state like forced the women to like be infertile because of population control and stuff hmm. um but yeah that does sound familiar frank i didn't think about twilight zone or like tv or anything um but it's got to be older than that hmm. all right you, either of you have any final thoughts on this no i'm good all right. So number three on your list is 1985's Demons. It is directed by Lamberto Bava. It stars Urbano Barberini, Natasha Hovey, Carl Zinni, Paolo Cazzo, and Bobby Rhodes. It has a 64% from critics and a 65% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. So you want to tell us a little bit about this one and uh, why it made the list? Yes, this is um, a super fun movie. This is one of the movies I can put on in the background or in my car whenever whenever i listen to it it's got a really good soundtrack from actual there's i don't know if there's movie music just for the movie but there's a lot of music from real people like billy idol and motorhead stuff like that um there are a lot of characters in this movie and some of them don't have a lot of screen time or introduction but for me I really like all the characters like they just I naturally just liked them all and there's a lot of them um the whole progression of the the story and the ending uh I just think it's all really really well done this whole thing so I'm gonna do yeah I'm gonna do a quick quick summary and go through some crazy parts so the first thing you hear is is some amazing music on the subway and and there's a mask guy and he gives somebody a flyer and it's for this uh it's for like a uh what's the word i'm thinking of for the movie it's a premiere right premiere yeah that's mm. what i was thinking of. a movie premiere and so her and her friend that she meets they skip class and they go to this movie premiere but there's a ton of other people that have been invited as well so you get all these characters coming into this movie theater to watch this movie and so they're watching the movie and the the movie inside of the movie is that these people are going to find Nostradamus's tomb because there's something in there that they're going to get. And the guy's like, oh, you know who that is? He predicted this and he predicted World War II and he predicted the coming of the demons. And you're like, oh, what's that? So then there's a pimp and two hoes in there. And right before the movie, there's a mask with a dirt bike and she puts the mask on and cuts herself. And then they're watching the movie and inside, oh, and we'll get to this funny Nostradamus part, but inside the tomb of Nostradamus, there's a mask and the guy puts it on, cuts his face. And then her face starts bleeding. So she goes to the bathroom and 
in the movie the guy had his face turns into this de- i guess it's a demon i don't really know if they say it's demon but this monster thing and he's like killing them and you hear him screaming so in the real movie that we're talking about the girl goes to the bathroom and the other girl comes to find her and she's like a demon with the stuff come out of her mouth so all of a sudden people are turning into demons and they're trapped in the theater and they're trying to find a way out and in the middle of them trying to find a way out all this crazy music's playing and it's like i just smile like all the way through this movie probably <laughs> there's there are these four punk rockers that have stolen a car they're doing cocaine in the car and they they end up fi- getting the police see them and they end up running in the movie theater so there's an open door and so they're in the movie theater and the other guys in the movie theater everyone's turning into demons and then eventually there's two main characters left and they escape through a hole in the ceiling that a helicopter creates we'll get into that and they escape and they see that the at least the whole surrounding area has all become demons because of the door that was open and assuming like the rest the whole world's turned into demons and nostradamus's thing has come true that's the so that's the quick summary of the movie and i have a lot of notes but we're gonna do we need a few cool ones here so i was sucked into this movie right away because of the 80s theme to it there's there's people on the subway you see that are crazy 80s and all kinds of cool stuff you see people walking around with 80s fashion and then all of course the 80s music but the first thing i thought was funny is this is like a quote from the movie pretty often is the pimp and the two hoes are coming in and she puts on the mask and cuts her face and the pimp's like that'll teach you to touch things <laughs> uh, uh, um oh there's a, the funny part the really funny part for me is where well there's a couple of them but this one is where the movie inside the movie so they find nostradamus's tomb and like on the side you can see like the letters you see like n-o-s-t-r or something and the guy's like oh there's some letters on here and he's like n-o-s-i think it's nostradamus <laughs> like yeah of course it would what else would it be like newsbleed or something of course it's nostradamus you fucking idiot there's a I like all these, yeah, really short intros for some of these characters, but I like them all. And there's a guy in the audience this, that's just always mad at everything. Like someone's talking and he's like, shh. And his wife, his wife says like, I'm going to have nightmares from this. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> and there's like the, the hose behind him with the pimp. And he saw him back there or something. He's like, the horrors, I can see him a mile away. Or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't remember how he dies. Now I think I don't either. Yeah, (laughs) he was really trying to be into this movie. Um, when the girl get the girl goes to check on the other girl that got the cut on her face in the bathroom, and as soon as she turns around, you're like hit with this awesome '80s heavy metal music, and like you just know, like at that exact moment, that this movie is going to be freaking awesome. And uh, I smile a lot during this movie when I'm watching this stuff. Like I like all the 
everything that just happens is amazing so then there's then there's chaos with the demons there's a someone gets hanged and the demons are climbing up from floor one to floor two and then uh the pimp's like one of the leaders and there's a weird subplot with the movie projector everything's happening really quickly i really like the four people then the car there's some funny stuff with them mm-hmm. so they're in this car and they have a paper coke paper coke cola um cup from the 80s and they're driving down and billy idol's playing they're driving down so whatever street in the city and there's like you can just see all the stores from the 80s and like all the neon lights and all the atmosphere and uh it's so uh it's so nice to look at and that's like what the stuff that i try to find in movies like cool 80s things like that and there's a scene where they spill the coke and it's all everywhere and he's like, pick it up every last frame impossible and um they're, they're they're doing what they got to do and then like there's someone here on her chest and the guy's like oh i think there's some little down here and um there's this really weird nipple erotica scene with the razor and like she's all into it and he just like cuts her and it's like it's like Uber. But the funny thing that i thought was how the demons get out of this building so these these random dudes that stole well there's there's three guys and a girl and the cops see them so they run into the alley and the door i don't does the door just kind of pop open is that what happens or they like try to open it it opens i think they try to open it yeah something like that and they get in and then a demon gets out and goes behind the car and you know what the, the demon is the blind guy so out of all the there's a blind guy so out of all the people that can see in there the one that finds the way out of the the building is the one blind guy in there that was pretty clever so that's how the the first demon gets out of there and uh let me look where i'm at my notes cops chase him um there is a cool scene i thought when i first watched it i did not pick up what was going pick up on what was going on was there was the young couple that are in the air vents and so they're in the there's a guy and she's behind him and they're climbing up the air vent and he's like oh i can hear him behind me they're scraping and she's like oh my god and then there's a there's a t intersection and he's like you go first and she's in front of him and he's like oh my god they're everywhere now they're in front of us and like she, she turns around and and she's the one that has the nail scraping because she's turning into a demon and she's like and it kills him in the air vent i thought that was actually pretty clever um i wrote down smile in my notes because i was probably smiling like ear to ear <laughs> like all these demons walking around and um there's a the, the, the vhs cover of this tape is a demon but it's not a demon like how these people turn into demons i'm talking i mean the original vhs cover the demon on the cover is there's a scene where there's two main girls and two main guys and one of the the non-main girl she turns into a demon and she's like in prune kind of doggy style position and like a demon like just cracks her back open and is coming out of her back somehow like a different way than any other demon in the movie appears and uh that thought that that scene was actually really cool and 
the whole scene between the two guys where he's like, you got to kill me. He's like, kill me, George. Because he gets scratched by the back demon. I thought that was all really cool. Um, the dirt bike at the beginning is used as well as the sword to become my favorite scene in the movie where he takes the dirt bike and sword and he, this is the main the main character now, which is, ends up being one of the guys talking to these girls. He's the main guy and he's he's riding this dirt bike through the, he's riding it on top of the seats, he's riding it through the aisles and he's like just, he's uh, katana blading these demons all over the place and it's just absolutely so much fun to watch. And there's like, you can see like someone jumping on a trampoline just like flying through the air somewhere like yeah. oh my god, it's so well done. Anybody want to comment on my favorite scene of the movie? <laughs> How do you back no, up? I, I, I have different favorite scenes in the movie, I think. Um, All right. I won't continue. That's my favorite scene. And then, guys, I just like watch that movie. And the, I always think of where the cokehead girl from the car heard that scene. It's just like one second, but like, or like a couple seconds, but he, he like stabbed her in the stomach and she's just like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And they're playing some Motorhead song or something. And it's just like, oh my God, just kill them all. It's amazing. <laughs> then there's a, so you watch this the first time and there's a helicopter that comes through the ceiling. And uh, I one of my friends watched this movie with me and me for the first time when I watched it a while ago, we like the reaction was like, what's this? Why is there a helicopter flying through, the, coming through the ceiling? It doesn't make any sense. But if you have, I watched it this time with some headphones and you can hear, like really faintly, you can hear like screams and like gunshots in the background and stuff. And uh, noticed that this time. They escaped through the hole. They killed the guy in the mask from the beginning of the movie. I'm not sure what his purpose was at the end up on the roof. Oh, I was hoping you'd have like some kind of wild theory. Yeah. No, I don't really know what. I have to think about it some more, but I don't, I don't know what the, because he's kind of seems supernatural too, with a deep voice and stuff. Like, like, was he a demon like in the sky? I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to get back to you on that one. So I'll think of something. So anyway, the ending of this movie is that they're standing on the rooftop and they can see like across, like in like hotels and apartments, like people like, on the windows like as demons and there's gunshots and there's and they, so they get down to the down to ground level and that one blind guy had gotten out and spread like he, i guess he got the cops and then they turned into demons so like the whole place is demons and they escape and there's they rescued they get rescued by these people in the jeep and the ending is the best best ending i think where they're riding away and the credits are rolling and you're like oh man they made it out alive and then all of a sudden the girl turns into a demon and the little kid is like like five and he's like and like kills the the girlfriend yeah. and you're like what the bullshit is that <laughs> and my friend did not like the ending at all because it was not a happy ending so it was a, it was a negative movie review on that one. Always got to be a happy ending for a positive yeah. review yeah interesting yeah <laughs> yeah that's like the only that's just the only requirement yeah the ending is amazing those are my favorite parts there's there's a lot of course to talk about with this movie 
like side things with all the so many characters that you could talk about them but maybe in the future anybody else have any favorite parts they want to talk about um i just want to talk about like so this is produced by argento Mm-hmm. um and lumberto bava is the son of mario bava um so this is kind of like he's he does some other stuff in the 80s like um shock and uh a movie called the church i think is lumberto bava um but you know one of the first like second generation like filmmakers to like do stuff in the horror genre um and this movie was always for me like i confuse this with like the six other movies that have similar titles <laughs> and similar ideas like demons 2 which is the one that's in the apartment building i think mm-hmm. with the birthday party and everybody getting infected but it's like the same thing basically and then i think they're watching demons one on tv or something i don't know um but yeah i mean i i agree with you ryan like i think there's a bunch of really cool scenes um i love the way they film inside the theater you know like at the outset like with um that old school like whatever like slope seating um, yeah yeah and i don't know it's just uh there, there's a bunch of ridiculous stuff in it but it's a really fun movie from the 80s and i think i think if you rented horror movies in the 80s i think it's like everyone has seen this movie um at least in some like a portion of it or whatever because there's a lot of really iconic stuff like shots from the movie and whatnot so I was glad you put it on the list. I like watching it again quite a bit. Yeah, I forgot to say I like the special effects a lot. Like they just, you don't see it all the time, but when there's low lit areas, you'll see that they have glowing eyes. And you'll see a lot of like, there's a, oh, the part where she comes through the screen and then there's that transformation. That was amazing because there's like teeth coming out and then the other teeth are getting poked out and then her nails are splitting. Yes, it's really really gruesome how they did it but i think it looks so good i mean this is like argento's prime years basically of being a producer so um there's a lot of really high production value that goes into it and um like you said the music is really good um it feels like a real movie because they have like a uh, what is it, like billy idol and motley crew and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of mm-hmm. like famous 80s artists that are in it and then um what's his name uh Nickelodeon or whatever his name is the guy that does the actual score to the movie is the guy that did a bunch of Argento stuff and a bunch of Giallo so the score itself is really good yeah the 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 score that's in the subway scene like that's like kind of like the the main theme of the movie is um is really well done yeah yeah I think it's nice yeah it's awesome um yeah I this is the only one I had seen like from a long time ago and it's always been one of my probably like favorite zombie movies um even though i guess they're like demons but i um so yeah it was it was enjoyable to go back and watch this like you ryan i really like the 80s like fashion and like all the 80s stuff like the neon um i really Mm. like the way the movies like filmed like in terms of like having like kind of and this is going to sound like as much as i hate blue tints like there's like a bluish kind of like tint to it that i really like a lot Hmm. um particularly in the movie theater i think because of the screen and stuff like that everything that happens like in the movie theater like establishing like what when like when the demons start happening like i love everything up to that point even if it's sometimes poorly acted and stuff like that i think it's all great um 
particularly the um the kind of stereotyped black pimp um yeah. uh, i like which, that character you know, a lot it's like it's racist but at the same time it's like somewhat self-aware racism i think but um but the but the black pimp but i mean he's like actually like one of like the the more proactive people in the movie like when um the the main character when she starts like you know referencing the fact that it's in the in the movie he's like the first one it's like yeah it's in the movie and it's just yeah. like and now it's like settled like he's like taking control it's like yeah, yeah it's the movie um I, he was the main character there for five ten minutes yeah um he also has my favorite like funny thing in it um is when he throws the girl over the balcony and says you ain't worth shit <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 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 but I, the other thing that I really like about this is, um, oh, and like the music playing when they're, they're everybody's running and fleeing and stuff like that. I mean, like, and like people are like just like being like torn, torn apart and pulled aside. And, oh, um, I amazing. think all that shit's amazing. Like, and like the kind of just like, uh, kind of like kinetic, like, like horror and tension that it builds of like people trying to flee and stuff like that from, from this closed in area. Um, and then I like the like the, the the horror stuff with the violence. I really like. Um, I like that it's quick and brutal. Like, like I'm not somebody that necessarily likes a lot of gore, but it's like that, there's that scene where like the person's scalp gets pulled off, like by mm -hmm. one of the demons, and it looks so good. Um, you know, it's it's really visceral. Um, but I like that it's like quick and it's not like too gratuitous. Like it's not too slow that it happens. It ha <laughs> you know, it's like kind of like just right in terms of it's not like Argento stuff where it's like you'll see like a you know shattered glass go through somebody for ninety seconds. Um, <clears throat> so I, I like that element Such of it. Such a fucking hater. <laughs> um, and uh. I, I like the brutality of it. Uh, and then the last thing I had in my notes here, I guess, that I really like a lot is I like the movie within a movie concept. And I love all the stuff of he, the, these different people and like how they interact with a movie in the audience. And um, that line in the movie, uh, they will make cemeteries with their cathedrals and tombs your cities is a mm -hmm. really just fucking badass line. Um, mm -hmm. Like, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed this movie and watching it again here. The, um, you were talking about the brutality. There's a, it, I don't know why this happened, but there's the blind guy, and how the blind guy's attacked is she like puts her nails through his, his his dead eyeballs mm -hmm. like, uh, and I I can't do anything with eyeballs like that. That's like a yeah. a fear of mine of someone putting their thumbs in my eyes. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's the part that I'm just like, nope, not gonna watch that part. <laughs> Even though I've seen it a couple times, I know right. it's coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm fine with the rest of the violence in it. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts from anybody? Nope. No. All right. all right. So let's move on. Number two on your list is 1987's Street Trash. It is directed by Jim Murrow. It stars Mike Lackey, Bill Shephill, Vic Noto, Jane Arakawa, and Nicole Potter. It has a 62% from critics and a 61% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. So you want to tell us a little about this one and why it's on the list? Yes. <clears throat> I know there's someone in this podcast right now that's not a fan of this movie, but <laughs> I'm not going to mention Chris or anything, but I think this movie is really fun. Um, 
I like the whole setting and the story is another one of those things that is filmed like in a real location. I mean, the junkyard probably not so much, but I mean, it looks real. Um, I like all the characters in this. It, it centers around a bunch of homeless people and runaways. That's like them. Then they're doing everything wherever. And there's this, there's like funny secret hum humor for me because the main bad guy, I had a childhood friend that was my best friend and it looks like his dad from when I was growing up. So there's like secret humor for me whenever I see the main bad guy, Bronson. And uh, as Frank says, we'll, we'll get into that. So summary for this movie is that homeless people and runaways and there are so many different storylines that happen in this movie, but the main storyline is that there's a liquor store owner named Ed and he goes downstairs into his liquor store and finds these really old bottles and he's like, oh, it's about 60 years old. And it's got like a logo from the 80s on it, but it's called Viper. And so he he's deciding to sell the Viper to the homeless people for a dollar each on the on the on his uh the main wherever you pay for the money there's like there's like vipers right there so and when you drink the vipers you melt so not through the whole movie there's melting scenes but there's a few at the beginning and then there's a bunch at the end that's the main storyline that this is known for is the melting scenes so the first <clears throat> yes yeah, a lot of it's dark and gritty. There's a lot of real environments. Fred is the main homeless person. And there's a lot of people in this movie, I think, that are, it's their only movie that they've done. The main the main Fred guy, I think this was his only movie. And yeah. uh, uh, Bronson's been in some stuff, especially like even recently, like he must be old now. I don't know how much, how old he was in this movie. Um, yeah, some, some of the homeless people, this was their only movie that they did. And the cop, this was the cop's only movie that he did in this movie, or his only role ever. So, quick summary of this movie. There's a junkyard, and there's a tire house, and there's like a good, there's like a, well, they're all bad. There's like a more good side of the homeless people junkyard, and there's like a bad side, more bad side of the junkyard, but Things always kind of come back to the junkyard, but they they go out and do stuff, and they they buy the vipers and they melt and stuff. Um, the main bad guy's name is Bronson, and he's a Vietnam veteran, and they show flashbacks of him that I'm going to talk about. And uh, he's a pretty brutal guy, and look, he's the guy that looks like my friend's dad growing up. So it's my secret humor. When I watch this movie, I'm like, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, yeah there's people drinking vipers and melting and the vhs tape for this is like 100 150 dollars i keep looking out for it at the flea market rather than because i collect vhs tapes try not to buy it on ebay but trying to find it at the flea market um i'm trying to go through these names to try to find a summary of this movie because it's kind of all over the place I mean, basically, it's just a, <laughs> it's a chase, a chase movie of whatever his name is, the main hobo, like just being an asshole and running away from people and causing all kinds of like bad things to happen as a result of him. Yeah. You know, just being a dick, kind of. And there's always there's side conversations with something's going on with them and they're going to like 
have fried chicken for dinner which we're going to talk about that scene and then like then someone steals the viper and then they melt and then there's like a random other scene where someone else has a viper it's just, it's all over the place but and the then there's then, then, yeah then there's the cop trying to figure out like why people yeah. are dying and then there's like you know the junkyard try it's all over the place and then there's like the mobster storyline that oh my god there's random mobsters in here that are like the worst mobsters ever yeah yeah <clears throat> but the main thing people are melting and then at the end they gotta kill bronson and the right. cops cops trying to figure out the why people are melting he's gonna try to kill bronson as well because he's bronson's like already killed real like really killed people so He's like the main troublemaker. All right. That was an awesome summary. Let me uh, talk about some scenes in, his, in this movie. So the first time you see, oh, I really like the, um, there's not too many different music tracks in this, but they play one every now and then. It's the one in the scene I like right at the beginning where Ed, the liquor store owner, he, he's walking through his 80s liquor store and he goes to the basement. And he, it's like really, it's just all dirty down there. And he finds the, uh, the vipers down there. I, I think that scene is really, is really cool. And it's just like under the stairs, like in this old wooden crate. And it's not like pint saw, not pint bottles, but they're smaller. And it's like the like little plastic ones you would get at the liquor store. That scene's amazing, just because it's really atmospheric, and the music's like. The first time you see Bronson is that. All the homeless people are like washing cars at the red light, I guess, trying to get tips and stuff because they're homeless. And you see Bronson out there, and there's the girl, and, and this there's like a rich guy with his girlfriend, and she's, and she's like, Don't let him come to the car. And like Bronson's going over to the car, and she's like, He's touching the car. What are you, what are you gonna do about the car? And she's like, says it like 50 times, and he's like, you can tell like i would be so agitated and he but bronson's like messing with him and just dirty guy with this longer hair <laughs> and he just like pulls him out of the front window of his car and, and it's just like she's like wow and like he's like in the window like dead so that, and 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 you see bronson on he has a holster and there's like a there's like a, a human human bone sticking out of it because he has a he has a a knife made out of a human femur bone that he made in vietnam and uh, that's like the legend is like Bronson. He's got a he's got a human bone knife, and it's crazy. And then uh, Bronson's like super dirty, and uh, and Bronson has like a he has like a throne in the junkyard, and <clears throat> it's made out of parts. And he has this he has this uh, this girlfriend. This is this dirty woman that like is always like it looks like she's in a diaper or something. I don't know. She's always always rolling around on his lap and stuff. And he's like you're dirty bitch. <laughs> So we're going to start getting into some melting. So there's a, the first melting scene, this guy steals the main guy. Fred has a Viper, but the other guy steals it and he goes, and it's the, you usually see a poster for this. He like, he drinks it on the toilet and he like melts into the, into the toilet. And the way they do the melting is it's like a bunch of paint coming out of them. Like you see paint coming out from under their pants and then and this melting scene is pretty cool because his like feet detached from his. You can it looks like he has bones that like break apart and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. And I mean, it's definitely really cheesy, and it's not for everybody, but it's got like a it's got like a charm to it. Especially now in the eighties, I'm not sure so much, but it's got like a charm now. It's like you can tell it's like different colored paints and there's a like, green paint and all kinds of stuff. 
and he like melts into the toilet and there's like a face in the toilet like which is like super cheesy but i mean it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie and i i you look up um chris the cinematographer from this movie because i read that um david sperling is the guy's name i read he went on to do like a lot better things in this than this movie because of this movie or something i'll look him up he doesn't have a wikipedia page but i'm sure Hmm. he's you can tell just from like the opening shots of this movie give it this very like raw like cinema verite like almost like a late 70s like indie movie where mixed with like the evil dead where it's like this pan like through the city and then like down and like up into that um up yeah it's like yeah that's what is it the, yeah. the, the the liquor store and check cashing place mm-hmm. and stuff it's yep. just it's mm-hmm. incredibly incredibly well filmed for like a b movie and you almost like forget that how good the direction is at times because of how ridiculous like a lot of the you know special effects and things that are happening are but um there's a lot of really genius like framing of shots and use of light and shadow and yeah it's actually a really like engaging movie visually to watch i i I agree ryan i really enjoy this movie a lot so yeah and there's there's some first person shots as well just like just like just going forwards like when you're going when you're in the liquor store they just there's a shadow just like you walk in it's like you're walking through the liquor store and everything's just kind of dark and it's like i just yeah there's so many and then, then you see the junkyard the first time. There's just like a big giant like pan up the junkyard and stuff. It's like really well done. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really nice movie to just to just enjoy. The second melting we get to, this guy says a line in the movie that I probably say I probably say it every week of my life for like the last few years, and it's the guy that I don't know I don't remember how he gets the viper, but he gets the viper and he's up in his he's up in the um. He's hanging out in the fire escape up there in his like little spot. And he um he says a line and he says, because I I'm my own best company. I like to do a lot of stuff by myself. I like to hang out by myself, watch movies, do whatever I do. And uh he says, Nobody bothers me here. I don't bother nobody. They don't bother me. And I swear <laughs> to you, I've said that to myself like <laughs> and that loud for like three years of my life or something. Maybe more than that since I've seen this movie um he drinks the viper and he's melting and he's talking to the cat and he's calling it pussy and he says something that's actually i can't think of what he says now it's actually really funny and he melts and he's melting through the cracks and there's this there's this like office guy that's like walking like oh yeah and and he looks up and he gets splattered and so he's running and like his he's like steaming and you see the cop for the first time and um he's like really mean to this lady and she's like, "You're so. What are you gonna do? Something?" And he's like, "Baby, I ain't sure you got a cock." And you're just like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst cop? The worst cop ever?" Such a weird lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I, while well, watching this movie this time, I, 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 uh, I paid a lot more attention to the dialogue. There's like a lot of racist. Uh, slurs in this movie very racist mm-hmm. yeah but i um so i apologize for that but i um i didn't notice that like a lot of time maybe at this part i kind of just like wasn't paying as close attention because the two the main homeless guy and the, the guy and his brother inside the tire place they're 
he says that their dad was from Vietnam. So they're all kinds of racial Asian slurs. And then um, Bronson's racial slurs. And yeah, this is a um, big racial slur moment. But we, um, wait a minute, what is the part of, um, oh, I skipped the part. So you go, we see this, I want to say the second worst actor in history in a movie. And I call him the Karate Kid kid because he looks like the Karate Kid dude. I can't remember his name. Inside Ralph the Tire Macho? House. Is that his name? That plays Danielson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's a guy inside the Tire House and there's an Asian woman in the junkyard working trying not at the right spot for her with all these racial slurs that are going on. But he um, he's talking to her. Her name's Monday and he's like, I had a dream. And this happened, and it was really crazy. And you know, whatever he said, and it was like, it's like everything he says is the worst acting ever. And um, the worst actor actress ever is in is in Iced, but we're gonna we'll deal with that in another podcast. So then, there's the other next scene I want to talk about is the supermarket scene because that's shot really well. It's my favorite and everything scene in the that, movie. Yeah. yeah, everything that happens. <laughs> Oh my god! Everything and they're playing this really funny, like like because because the guys like uh, tonight we're gonna have fried chicken and they're like whatever. Uh, what's this guy's name? His name is um I forget. I look it up. His um oh man, hold on, I gotta find his name on my notes. Bert. So Bert's like, I'm gonna get some fried chicken. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So he goes, he wears these big yellow pants and he goes to steal, he steals chicken and all kinds of stuff. And he's just like putting it in his pants. So he's got like chicken hanging out the bottom. And there's this poor little old lady and she's like, you're robbing the store. And he's like, mind your own damn business. It's blah, blah, racist remark or something. And then um, the manager comes over and confronts him. <laughs> he's like, I can't steal it because I already purchased it. And gives him a receipt in the, there's all this funny dialogue and he's like this is this this code is for dog food and he's like well i can't help it if you're registered blah, 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 blah. you're taking a word everybody must discriminate it's really funny and he storms out of the he just storms out of there and then he walks through the glass in the front and he's like Psh! and like walks out through the glass and like walks down the road and they have fried chicken later it's amazing amazing scene in cinematic history yeah it's it's a good scene <clears throat> i am um, the next scene I want to talk about, which is amazing, I think, is um, the Bronson dream scene. It's either a dream or a flashback. So he has this, he's like on his throne and he has a dream or a flashback where he's in Vietnam and he goes to this hut and he rescues a girl and stuff. And he doesn't have a beard because he's the different time just to show that he was the younger or whatever. And he like, rescues the girl and they're making out and there's like a bomb going off in the background and like all this it looks really like it just looks so really gritty and like dirty and everything like that he's like it's like a real place that they film this at or something i don't know and he wakes up he's like he like throws a grenade or something and he's like oh, who's on what or something who's on watch and he's like it just kind of shows you what the dude's going through like every day with this crazy ptsd from nam that he's got is really good character development for my my friend's dad growing up there. Mm-hmm. There's um, 
there's so much stuff in this movie there's a there's a necrophilia going on and there's a and there's a there's a scene with uh you don't really see it but the fred takes a red dress girl in a red dress home and the red dress girl is the girl that is with these gangster people when there's this really weird subplot with the gangs with these weird gangsters his name is mickey duran and um yeah, there's there's a really weird side plot with with the gangsters that I'm not really not really sure why it's there, but it is. And um, he takes the red dress girl home, and there's like bad stuff happens to her off camera. Um, there's a cool scene where one of the homeless guys' name is Wizzy. He gets arrested and put into this truck, and there's a bunch of prostitutes with him. Like the, the whole back of the truck is just like there's like fifteen prostitutes, and they're all like it's crazy it's crazy 80s like all kinds of crazy hair and uh there's all graffiti all over the inside of the the truck and it's that that whole scene is just amazing and the cop comes in to, like the back thing and he's like grabbing him he's like where's bronson at and he's like oh uh, it's so awesome so wizzy yeah we're gonna talk about the most probably the most talked about scene in this movie and it's the um castration football scene that's what i'm calling it uh-huh so so um <laughs> if anything tells you about start this, the, this movie it's like it has a has the football castration scene in it <laughs> yeah it's a good summary to this movie <laughs> so the plot of this movie and everything in it so Bronson's mad at somebody in in the bad part of the junkyard, and someone's someone sticks his his dick through a hole to pee, but Bronson sees it there and he cuts it off with his femur bone knife, and then like the guy comes from around the corner and he's like oh, and so then then the all the homeless people have a catch with the with the with the with the dick mm-hmm. that's still hard. Have a, they have a catch with it around the junkyard and they, they're playing this like really funny like music like doo, 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 doo. and um and he's like get it on ice oh. and he's like he's trying to catch the people they throw it to somebody and then he runs at them and they throw it like one of those things and it's like and they'll they'll show like close-ups of the dick like in midair like slow motion and stuff mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's a really uh it's a really ridiculous scene I laugh because you enjoy it so much. Like those are the, that's the kind of stuff that I can't deal with in this movie. Like exactly that kind of stuff. It's basically just me looking with these big eyes, like oh, right. just like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> like, believe this is happening right now. Gotcha. Yeah, it's mostly like that. <laughs> so, what else am I? Oh, so Brunson stabs. The cop with the femur bone he stabs him in the back and there's a fight the the cool the cool thing i i think we i don't remember we talked about it right before um the podcast there's a cool this guy doesn't melt he explodes there's mm-hmm. a new a big guy that's introduced that's a homeless guy and he drinks the viper and this is where ed real or not ed this is where fred he realizes that the viper is melting people and whatever mm-hmm. but he the big guy drinks the viper and he just starts he starts getting really big and and then he he explodes and the explosion looks so it looks so good yeah. and the reason why is because i think in the trivia they said they inside the the thing they put a bunch of like old 
old leftover snacks and mm. donuts and stuff from the from the that expired from when they uh-huh. were filming or whatever. So this looks like a bunch of organs and body parts coming out. And um, yeah, and and uh, Fred runs and like dives behind the car, and there's just all this blood comes. Like, yeah, Phew. it's super cool looking. Yeah, yeah, that's really well done. Yeah. So then there's a bunch of more melting scenes because they're gonna get get as many melting scenes as possible. Um, was he was he like he um he tricks Wizzy into drinking it, and Wizzy like melts into a wall and like throws his flesh at him, and then. It, he tries to go tries to go tell Ed the liquor store guy, but Ed is already like he's already tried it just to see. And he like there's a cool scene where he's like melting outside and he's like crawling away, like melting and like and uh I think it's really cool. He's like kind of like more in the distance, like crawling away, like and he's like feet are just like in the his feet are there, but he's like crawling over there. And uh there's more Bronson flashbacks that are really cool. There's like dead bodies, and he's like making his femur burn out on the field. He's like cutting someone's leg off, and it's not really, it's not a femur burn that he's doing, but whatever. He's um mm-hmm. making his bone out there. Right. Um, there's a cool melting scene with his girlfriend. His his girlfriend steals the steals the the viper and like melts into a car, and she's like putting her hands in her boobs, and her 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 boobs are like just like play-doh or something yeah that was the one where i could see like the latex on it and like it was mm. like odd to me that it came right after that one that's like so good with the mm. fat guy exploding yeah um the last there's some other stuff that happens but it ends with bronson and i wanted to talk about the ending stuff that ending was really funny see bronson the whole time is interested in the asian girl wendy that's in the junkyard and um Oh, I forgot to talk about the big the big junkyard owner. I've seen him in some other B movies as well from the 80s. Hmm. And um he's always into the Asian girl Wendy there. And there's like him trying to molest her and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end, and Bronson's always into her. And he'll like ignore his girlfriend to watch Wendy walk through the junkyard and all this stuff. So at the very end, um karate kid kid he ha- he sets up a propane tank to launch off of this thing and it just like it just like blows bronson's head off and part of his chest and so then bronson's head's on the ground like still like it's still alive and he's like looking around and like the last thing that bronson sees is like wendy jumping over him and it's just this upskirt with no underwear on and it's like the final tease to bronson before like he dies or something right and then there's like a real an ending with the gangsters again, and like Mickey Duran melts with the off camera with the with the Viper. It's like so it's like such a bizarre the gangsters thing is really bizarre, but it is. I don't yeah. understand it at all. <laughs> Frank, you got to look up that line later and tell us what it was. Yeah, I wish I could remember. I was trying to. I wrote down some stuff for some of the other movies and I just happened to remember them anyway, but I can't remember what, there was something watching this movie today where I was like, oh my God, that line's amazing, but <laughs> I don't remember what the line was. Uh, yeah. Street Trash, it's a really good movie, I think. Sorry, Chris. And the, yeah, this is the way everything was filmed. And there's a, a music thing that goes every now and then. Like, it's actually really cool. Yeah, I, 
Frank was away like when when I texted him about it but it's like I'm pretty sure the the music in and I don't know where it comes from the music that's in that grocery store scene Hmm. I'm pretty sure Beck uses something like like that like mimics it and maybe it's something older that they're mimicking in the movie for the score but it's like um it, it appears on a Beck album or something at some point, like uh, music very, very much like it. It's, it's almost exact in a couple places, like for like 10 seconds of the song. Um, and I just can't think of like which album it's on. But yeah, I like the music in this. I liked the camera work. I liked most of the special effects. Uh, I, I, my only problem with this, I actually liked it better the second time around that I watched it but um it's it's really just the whole like the whole movie just feels like this like kind of like low class like hobo stuff like you know where it's like Mm. you're a scumbag you're a homo like you know go fuck Mm. yourself like that's like every 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 other piece of dialogue except for the mobsters to me and it's like I, I just I can't deal like with with that kind of stuff like but um, yeah, it's kind of. But I actually don't even mind the overall story, like the idea of it. It's more of like you know the actors like sitting there yelling at each other and shit like that. It's from a different time, you know. It's definitely there's a bunch of stuff in it you can never do now. I yeah. I love yeah. Bronson as a antagonist. Like he's, I don't know, like yeah, for Bronson just, is the man, dude. Yeah, he's like him, like when he's chasing um what's. I can't remember the shirtless guy's name, but he's chasing the dude like through the um, what is that like the tire warehouse slash oh yeah yeah car shop or whatever, and he's like jumping over the um, I I don't know, like leaping through the air and like grabbing onto these racks and then like crawling through it, and I don't know, it's just really um really well filmed and really like a really good chase scene, I think. Yeah. There's a I just thought about it. There's a going back to the gangster thing they like send up gangster that could kill somebody in that where you think you're talking about frank and he attacks the cop or something but that, that's like i don't i don't think it was ever I don't know why yeah they send the gangster to kill the hobo to send a hit on the hobo right and the hobo grabs his dick and then runs away and then like this gangster just gets like the shit beaten out of him <laughs> by um yeah. by the cop so yeah yeah, the gangster stuff thing. makes so little sense in like the context of anything in that whole movie. It's just like this plot that like has so many things happen in it, but there's no like point. It is something that the the stool pigeon guy says that I I thought was like hilarious. Like I thought it was a really well delivered line, but I can't remember. I forgot yeah. to talk about the necrophilia scene. <clears throat> For the people out there, um, real people quick. People out so that, there that are into right. necrophilia. All, all, <laughs> you, gonna, all you <laughs> necrophiliac maniacs. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but I thought it. <laughs> the red dress woman that they, they gang rape her, but it's like not seen. She's like dead on the be- beach or something. Yeah, it's a beach, but it's just like on a river. And the big guy from the junkyard he's just like walking around and seeing and that's when he sees the new big guy the homeless guy that explodes for the first time he's like who are you get out of here and then he like sees the woman on the beach and he's like oh and he's like oh what's what's going on down here and it's just like a dead body and like you see him like a few scenes later like coming away like zipping up his pants 
and then the cop's like he's talking to the cop afterwards and he's like oh and then, then the cop tells him that like the third from the last person has some syphilis or something and he's like all scratching and it's like <laughs> a really weird unnecessary scene but it's uh that's where the necrophilia that people probably talk about with this movie comes in but nothing you have to actually thank god I have to witness it anyway right yeah the the guy the, the frank is who you were talking about right that that's who owns the junkyard right um oh man where's the news I'm, I'm pretty sure it is um, frank. yeah you know him from toxic avenger and um mm-hmm. like class of newcomb high um but um for quick cage fans he does have a very he had a small part in birdie so did he mm-hmm. i've seen birdie i don't that was a while ago then actually i haven't seen newcomb high yet but i have it I have it on VHS tape that I found, and I tried to play it, but the tape's broken. I have to open it and fix it. I think you'll like Newcomb High. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of Frank. I'm surprised I didn't give you a, a Newcomb High when I gave you that box of um, VHS tapes. I could have sworn I had a class of Newcomb High in there. There was um, Toxic Toxic Avenger was in there, mm. and there was um, Surf Nazis for trauma stuff, I guess. The trauma no, classic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, to follow up for four year real quick, Orion. Um the cinematographer did go on to do more stuff. Um, nothing too famous, but I mean he's had a like a long career and um he mostly does documentaries now, it looks like. Um hmm. like he's putting out like different doc uh, uh a lot of documentaries like throughout the past like uh five years or so. Um most successful person out of this entire movie was the guy that played um mickey duran or nick duran sorry um but he's had a long career in um mostly gangster movies playing like italian stereotypes but he was in goodfellas um Hmm. right after this and then it's like gangster stereotypes and like you know analyze this mickey blue eyes like you know maybe it's something with him it's a line like I hope your mom owns a black dress because like there's you're definitely going to a funeral and it's your I don't know there's it's <laughs> that dude's got really yeah. funny dialogue to me at times yeah 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 I actually like the gangster subplot even though the gangster subplot makes no sense to me whatsoever right because there's no reason for it <laughs> right mm. yeah it's 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 bizarre um um Moreau that um directed it he went on to um have a career as a cinematographer um for other directors as well he um he's actually the cinematographer on crash the um the the movie that we hate so much (laughs) like um from 2004 and um he was the cinematographer on uh, rush hour three um and um he also did parker which is terrible um that taylor hackford directed um uh based off the um yeah books so about the criminal um but yeah i don't know i liked it more after watching it again today um for the second time but there's just some stuff i just can't i just can't <laughs> you'll come around someday <laughs> it'll grow on you i'll uh, sh- 
Maybe. Maybe. All right. Um, you ready to move on to your number one movie? Yep. Or Ryan's wearing his 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 t-shirt that yeah. represents this movie. Um, number one on his list is 1987's Killer Workout. Uh, it is directed by David A. Pryor. It stars Marsha Carr, David Campbell, and Diane Copeland. It has no rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 35% from audiences. So you want to tell us about this movie and uh, why it's number one on your list? Absolutely. So this is a movie... I listen to it in my car like all the time. You can't see it at home, but I have my Rhonda's workout t-shirt on, and that's the name of the uh, the gym that is all the killings are taking place in uh, Killer Workout. It's also known as Aerobicide, in case you see that title out there. So this movie, there's a lot of there's a lot of killings in this movie, but it's like the most total 80s movie to me. There's the, there's the top there's some top-notch music in this and you hear a lot of people when they think about this movie they talk about the music and it's a lot of working out like the when you hear the lyrics it deals with working out and like getting fit and stuff like that but the music and the the melodies are amazing and the keyboards and stuff the um the killer you don't really She's sweet when you watch it, but like when you rewatch it a few times, you see the movie gives you hints that she's not as sweet as you would think she is when you're first watching it. There's some, so the, the with the music, the, the first scene that happens is this girl is going to be on the cover of Cosmopolitan and goes to get a tan and, and basically gets fried in the, in the tanning bed because there's a malfunction or something. And like, the music right before that there's a there's a um the music is called i'm a woman on fire and then the the very end of the mu- the movie when the killer's revealed is they play i'm a woman on fire it's like her theme song and it's fucking amazing and the music in this movie apparently has been lost forever like it was made and then destroyed like right afterwards or something uh-huh. so there's like this uh there's this legend that the music, the only music that exists is from, is from the, like the VHS tape or something of this movie. Mm. And they've been, and it's been cut up and the real versions have been lost forever or something. Is that so, why like everything's labeled custom and stuff like that? Like on YouTube? Yeah. You got yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's some, cause you can't hear because there's dialogue over top of some of it. So that mm-hmm. they don't have that part in there. They'll just play, they'll try to loop it into the first part. Sure. Yeah. Music is amazing in this movie. So what let me do a quick summary and then we can talk about my girls happening this this uh masterpiece of cinema. So yeah, beginning of the movie, her name's Rhonda and she she gets like zapped in the um tanning bed. But they don't say that then all of a sudden there's a um workout like in the um in a gym but it doesn't say like five years later or anything i don't know if that was a director choice or something to like not let you know that Rhonda was the woman that was burned in the thing right because when we all watched it together right on the zoom yeah and then we got over halfway through the movie and frank was like oh that's the girl from the beginning and i was like how do you know that just that didn't happen that just happened like yesterday or something but apparently it was years before i think the director is trying to trick you so anyway 
there's the um tanning bed she gets burned and then it's like i don't know five years later with no caption there's a gym and it opens up with the this amazing music and all these hot girls with all kinds of 80s um workout or workout equipment on and i was like oh my god this movie's amazing and i actually talked to chris out of watching wrestling and he stopped watching the pay-per-view and started watching this movie with us i forget what that was but it was something that you were not even into yeah yeah <laughs> And this was much more enjoyable than that movie. Um, this plot is all over the place. You're trying to, there's killings happening at the gym. And they're trying to suggest to you as to who the killer is. And they're trying to tell you that it's Jimmy, who's the main big guy in the movie that's into Rhonda. And he's like, kind of like, um, just like eyeing her up all the time. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of sexual dudes at the gym like trying to like sexually harassing the girls and stuff but there's a new character that comes along and he's, he's like a private investigator that's like undercover and he's a pretty cool dude we're gonna talk about him and then there's a a cop that comes in named lieutenant or he's like a, the investigator lieutenant morgan and even though there's like 40 deaths there's only like one other policeman in the whole and the whole thing just like hanging out like like it's not going to be national news that there was like 40 deaths murders in this gym but anyway you're kind of teased the whole time as to who this killer is and there's just so much stuff going on that dude i could talk about this movie for like three hours probably um you're teased that it's the big guy but it's not him and but there's different scenes that's like Rhonda stabbing an apple here. And then then there really is a murder. And there's witnesses. And it is Jimmy, the main guy. So then you're like, oh, maybe Jimmy's the murderer. But it ends up being it ends up being Rhonda, the Jim Rayner at the end. So that's the super quick summary. And we're gonna get into some good stuff here. Anybody have any comments before we get into this masterpiece? Nope. And Frank fell asleep. <laughs> I'm awake. I don't have any comments. <laughs> All right. So, first, well, there's the gym, and there's the owner, Rhonda, and then there's all these people in the gym, and the murders start happening. And the first scene I want to talk about is when Chuck Dawson is introduced. He's like the private investigator. He comes in, he's looking through all her stuff, and Rhonda. She didn't do a lot of movies, but she's like such a bad actress. There's so many unintentional funny parts with Rhonda because she's just so bad. And she's like, who the hell are you? And he's looking through her, through her, her filing cabinets. He's like, I'm your new, I'm your Mr. Senior partner, Mr. Erickson. And he'd never see this guy, but he's like, Mr. Erickson. Um, so outside Jimmy comes over, Jimmy, Jimmy tries to park. He's the main, you're trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to make you think he's the bad guy, he tries to park. And Chuck Dawson's out there and he always hits him and he, and there's this really funny dialogue with them. And uh, he's like, yeah, what's your, what's your problem? He's like, there's no problem. I just got some. And he was like, who are you? And he's like, someone's going to give you some advice. And I said, well, I can hardly wait. And he's like, stay away from Rhonda. And then like, he's like, get the hell out of here. And he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to tear you apart. If you do piece by piece. And then like, he tries to swing at him at the Chuck Dawson and he catches him. And he's like, you just made a mistake. And then like they have this fight outside. This is my favorite oh. scene in the whole movie. 
they had this fight outside with this crazy music uh-huh. and this girl comes out and she's just like watching she's like oh yeah and um and chuck dawson ends up winning and they can both fight i mean at least choreographed stuff and uh believably chuck dawson wins and he le- and jimmy leaves and he goes over to the girl and she's like yeah you want to give her a ride and he's like it's the best offer i had all day and then they place the best music ever and this music that they play there's a comment there's a loop of it on youtube like we were talking about and you can't hear half the music half of the song because there's, there's talking and cars driving like clearly but there's a guy that commented on the loop on YouTube of this song, and he said he played it. He played it at work for eight hours in a row on loop on a loop, and he had like the best work day of his life or something. <laughs> yeah, all this music is like that, but this is the best. And he takes mm-hmm. this is the this is the scene that never happens in real life. So he, she goes, they go back to her house, and she's like, oh. Thank, thanks for uh, being that guy up. I dated him once. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. There's like a phone outside. There's just like a random like phone. And he like calls from this table like that could not get rained on at any time. He like calls the senior partner or whatever. And then she comes back out. I was like, I got to get back to work. And she's like, I think you got plenty to work on right here. And like reveals her bikini. And she's like sculpted like a freaking Greek goddess or something. And then like, I guess they go inside and do whatever they got to do. That's my favorite scene because it's like the music's awesome and all the girls in this movie are like perfection, by the way. Like not even a joke. All right, what's the next thing I got coming up here? Um, there's a... They try to hide that it's Rhonda's the killer because there's definitely a scene where uh, Rhonda kills Diane Matthews because because there's a knitting needle in the one girl's locker. So they kill, she kills Diane Matthews in her apartment and the cops knock on the door and he's like, open up. And, and like, you would never, he doesn't even say he's from the police until like right. 10 knocks later. Like you would never open up the door to someone like knocking, like open up, open the door. And then she's dead. But then you see someone dive through the window and then running away and it's clearly not a female. Right. And you're like, oh, it's Jimmy. But then there's a hint later that it, there's a hint right after that that it's Rhonda, but you don't know that till the um you don't really know it till after you've seen the movie. The two hints that you get are Rhonda's really jealous of Jamie, who's the class teacher, and Jamie goes over and she's like, "Stop showing off your tight little ass and boobs and get back to her, got it?" And and she's like, "What?" And then right after the window scene. You see the killer in the sink washing off a pin and you just see like a bunch of hair you see like a bunch of hair going onto the sink and you're like okay what's that but you realize that's it there's your pins yeah there's the hints you get <laughs> yeah but you they make so much sense after after you've seen the movie once and see it again right. there's a cool scene later where they'll start they're still trying to tease the killer and Tommy's another guy in this movie, and he likes Jamie, who's the hottest one, I think, in my opinion. And he's always trying to get with Jamie, and she's like, no. And then he has a he gets knocked the fuck out by by Chuck Dawson because he's at the wrong place at the wrong time next to these bodies. And and he has a dream where he sees him like she's like finally making out with him, and like he kills. He's on the bench and she's on top of him, and then he himself comes behind her and cuts her throat. And then he himself, he's choking himself up against the locker. 
and like trying to tease that he's the killer. He's definitely not because he dies. Um, I watched the movie with my friend and she said that the scene where Jimmy offers to help the, the supposed bad guy and he's like doing a bunch of quick bench presses and he's like, ooh, like uh, looking all vicious and she like was convinced that that was the killer because of the bench presses so that got somebody <laughs> there's a really funny there's the best fight music in music history happens when um jimmy's stalking ronda in the pool and then chuck is on the other side of the pool he's also looking in there like either trying to save her as he said or he's spying on ronda and there's a fight between them two that Jimmy finally beats him up. But he, there's like the best fight music ever during the scene. And in the scene, in the scene, um, he, um, Chuck, Chuck has, has this big rake and he's like swinging it around and he sticks it right into, um, he sticks, sticks it right into uh, Jimmy's leg and he's just like, oh, thank. And it like goes all the way in there and there's blood and stuff. But he just continues like nothing ever happens. Like his leg still works. And he like the rest of the movie, he like he like goes, sold it. Yeah, and he sold the, the rake. Yeah, but he kind of goes on and off the cell like through the rest of the movie. So Jimmy kills Chuck. He runs him over, and then he and then he uh, kills him with an awl, which is another skinny stabbing weapon. A lot of skinny stabbing weapons. They try to tease you as to who this. this there's a knitting needle. There's the there's the big clothes pin or the big um safety pin and then there's the now there's a skinny all involved i think that um there are three people killed with a knife and i i almost want to say that actually jimmy killed those people with the knife because ronda only as far as we saw used the big safety pin right so where the people spray paint the building outside, those three people die with the knife. And you see Jimmy outside walking like they're trying to tease him like he's the killer. But maybe he actually did kill them. I'm not really, I don't know, because I only see her kill with the um, safety pin. There's an amazing Lieutenant Morgan and Jimmy chase scene. Like after he has the murder. I remember Chris laughing at this part. When we, after there was the murder and there's the eyewitnesses. Lieutenant Morgan, Jimmy goes home for some reason. Like, why would you do that after you kill somebody? Obviously, they're going to go to your house. And he's like, he's like, uh, Jimmy, freeze. And he's like, no. And he's running on his fork leg and he's just running like nothing's no problem. And then they're going through like, um, I'll answer that again, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Climb a fence and they're in, they're like, they're like, they both have giant guns and they're just, just walking around this industrial place. Like they're at American Human Hardware or something. And um, a lot of bricks. And then Lieutenant Morgan knows he's already solved it, solved the mystery that, that, that Rhonda is the one that's done all the killings because she's jealous of all the women that have their beautiful bodies. Like it's revealed that it's revealed that she was the one that got burned up and changed her name. And then you're like, oh, and then. There's a crazy scene, and it looks like Darth Vader from Empire Strikes Back when he's getting the helmet put on. Someone's putting someone's in the mirror. You don't see who it is, and they're messing with. And then then they put their wig on, and then it turns around and it's Ronda, and you're like, "Oh shit, Ronda's off!" 
fucked up. Like, what the hell? And then, like, yeah, it all starts uh, kind of clicking. Like, you saw the hair next to the sink earlier. Mm. And Ron was jealous of the of uh, Jamie earlier. And, uh, yeah, so Lieutenant Morgan's figured out that it's Rhonda because she's jealous of all these girls having nice bodies and hers got all burned up. But you're still not really sure because Jimmy got convicted, that really killed somebody, blah, blah, blah. All right. And this movie's coming up, I promise. Lieutenant Morgan decides he's going to kill Rhonda and take the matters into his own hand. Oh. Oh, hold on a second. We got something really important here. So, so Jimmy's been obsessed with Rhonda the whole movie. And he has pictures of her in his, his locker in his car. And he's never dated her or seen her with any without any clothes on. So it's at the gym at nighttime and Rhonda's there and she takes her takes her hair off and puts it in the locker and she's walking around with her scarred up body. And she takes a shower and, and Jimmy goes to the gym. And Jimmy's in the corner, just like just like watching and waiting for her to come out. Like he's already killed people. Like who knows what he was gonna do right there. Mm-hmm. And then she comes out of the shower, and he's like watching her walk in the dark. And he's like, you see him just kind of like looking. And then um, with these big eyes, and then she puts her hair on, and then he he flips the light switch, and she he she turns around, and it's Rhonda, and he's like, what the fuck am I? Did I just see? And then she like then she kills him. So like the last, the last thing that and he's like, oh, I tried to protect you because I love you, ah, whatever he says, and she like kills him like for real, and like like the last thing Jimmy sees is like her scarred up body that he was not probably expecting to ever not to expecting to see that, right? Yeah, bad. Um, it was a bad ending for uh, for Jimmy. So Ron is the hero because she killed the bad guy. There's not the bad guy. And Morgan, Morgan still knows she's the killer. So he takes her to this wooded area. And there's this really long speech about his father is in the forest. And he's like, I'm crossing that line, taking my and Rhonda is so bad acting in the scene. It's amazing. And she's like, You're crazy, Morgan. You're out of your mind. And uh, she has these crazy MC hammer pants on. That are <laughs> big sparkly pants. It's amazing. And uh, he's like, what do you think? You're a self-appointed Avenger with a mission from God? He's like, no, just a man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> something, something like that. And then she looks at the shovel real quick. And then he looks at her and she like gives him this amazing hit with the shovel. And you're like, oh my God, I think Rhonda is the killer. Because that, that, shovel, that shovel hit was just too good to not be, not have been from a professional. And um Rhonda's the hero at the gym, and at the end she gets her spare keys and there's a big safety pin on it. And see so she's like the a killer a killer like officially. And this playing I'm a woman on fire at the end. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. And there's so much we didn't even go over. There's a million characters and things that are going on, but all those parts are the cool. It's cool to watch this movie again and listen to the music and you and you can uh really catch up on some things you didn't really hear the first time or the hints about Rhonda being the killer. And there's more hints that they try to throw in there that someone else is the killer that you may not have. It just seemed random before, but afterwards you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. And maybe some, maybe Jimmy killed some people too. It's like one of those movies. Right. That's it. That's the most amazing movie besides 
iced that we're going to talk about at some point. Um, we're going to do a watch along with that thing. Yeah. Oh my god, we do a watch along with. Oh that? yeah, yes, absolutely. We're watching ice so that you can talk about it while it's happening. Like. Okay. Whatever um, you want to do. That's absolutely what we're doing. Because otherwise, <laughs> it'll be like five hours of like trying to describe ice and, and then talk about it so like no we're watching ice to when that happens i mean pause um, it and talk about something after something happens there's nothing you don't know what we'll i have figure in it out off, we'll figure it out all fair okay um <laughs> but uh yeah like I'm really glad that you like Killer Workout so much. Like, there's funny stuff in it at times. Um, and there, you're right. She's she's a terrible actress. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, do you think all those inner cut scenes of like they just filmed a bunch of women like doing like the exercises and dances like in the studio? like all in one take and then just like interspliced it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's really weird. Like it, it, but because it's so obvious. Yeah, it's probably all from the same day. Right. But just like maybe different amounts of people. Right. And there there was um I don't even know if there's different outfits, I'll be honest. Probably not. There's um the three people that spray painted the I've been I've been looked into this but the three people that spray painted the building outside i think that they were gym people because one of the girls looks familiar like she was doing the workouts mm. but i didn't pay attention to exactly which one that was in case she might have been in like maybe she was in like a pre-filmed one like after she already died like in the thing that would be pretty funny <laughs> if you know what i mean right i i get what you're saying frank you like this more than me right I'm a pretty big fan of this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, it's goofy in a lot of ways, but like Orion brought up the um, the fight scene between, uh, and I'm going to mess up their names, but it's like Jimmy and what's the Chuck. private investigator's name? Chuck, Chuck right? Dawson. Yep. Um, we're just putting that fucking rake in that dude's leg and they just stare at each other and Chuck is like waiting for something to happen. And Jimmy's just there with like a rake, like like protruding from his like thigh, <laughs> and then he just like throws the rake aside and does like this double jump kick ninja move <laughs> to like knock him in the pool. Like it's stuff like that. I think is like really fun. Um, I love the whole like hidden antagonist thing, like where you never you don't know. Um, it's like sleepaway camp in that respect, you know, where it's like, mm. what's the secret of like who's actually killing people? Um, the reveal of Rhonda like taking off her shirt finally and like having like the the scarred torso and everything I think is a really cool moment and I think the prosthetics there are pretty good. Um, and then like the whole thing with the cop being like you know what does he say like my father was a good man he taught me to be a good man you know but today I'm not going to be a good man I think my father will understand and you're waiting for him to shoot Rhonda and then for her to turn around and just beat the shit out of him with a shovel is um I don't know. I um, I really enjoy like everything. I think it's a fun movie. I think it goes fast. I think it's funny that you call it what? What do you call the thing that she's killing him with? A big safety pin. <laughs> See, I what I think it is is I think it's one of those um, hand exerciser things. 
with just the um that's handle funny. taken off of it really yeah hmm. i'm pretty sure that's what what it that she like the handles off and it's just like the point and she's stabbing people with it but it's for her the her keys though is that it's what her, it is it's her spare keys at the end that she's getting and it's like yeah, holding the right keys. Hmm. i don't know <laughs> that's a that's a cool weapon though they could uh yeah, because it has a it's a whole loopy loop thing i think right yeah i thought the loopy loop was the, the the spring in the middle of it you know the thing that like you're i don't know we'll look it up because in the 80s who knows what they kind of exercise stuff they had yeah god the, gonna... the, the scene with <laughs> chuck like after he gets rejected by ron and he's like working out <laughs> while somebody's getting killed i don't know there's yeah really funny funny moments like the jazzercise and stuff they're like the the guy finds these two other the guy finds the other two guys that are his friends and he walks over there and jamie's like ah and then chuck dawson comes in the room and just goes over there and the other guy's like i didn't do it and chuck dawson just beats the hell out of that dude like <laughs> for no reason uh, yeah chuck dawson and his like spinning elbows yeah there's yeah. a double dragon move on him and like yeah elbows him and knocks him out yeah very fun fights and the music is definitely top-notch makes the music makes the makes the music makes the movie and it's too bad that it legendary apparently got destroyed because i don't know there's a lot of people a lot of nerdy b-movie 80s people like me that would love to hear the whole complete music uh soundtrack it is a good song i'll give it that oh my god every song on here so i would apparently I have never saved my Wikipedia um, login credentials because I was going to question on air the uses a large safety pin. I was going to question that on Wikipedia because that's what it says on there. It's going to put Frank's theory in. (laughs) Hmm. That's what I thought it was. We'll We'll figure it out. I can guarantee one person created this entire entry on Wikipedia. I might go to um I've been thinking about writing a big review about this movie on um IMDB. You should we'll so your official number one this will be coming, I guess maybe next year or something like that. But your like your technical number one movie is Iced, correct? Which is nineteen eighty eight slasher movie. It's definitely out of one of these two. I would say Iced because I still. I was thinking about the movie all day at work today, <laughs> and um, I woke up the other night. I was telling Chris, and like it was like four in the morning. I was thinking about this movie, and yeah, Iced. I would put that as number one. But that movie is too important to right. have in this because that's going to be a long podcast. Because we've uh, well, we want to do a lot watch along, but I'll tell you what, we're going to do that, and then we're going to have commentary. But then we got more things to talk about afterwards. So I made the thirty minutes into that movie, and I had a whole back sheet of theories and a whole front sheet. That was only like thirty-two minutes into that movie because that movie's there's something more going on there. 
that's not well there is either something more going on there or there is not anything more going on there <laughs> other than that it's a really poorly made movie possibly i mean yeah. um yeah that's probably what really is going on. <laughs> but i've made my own stories that sure. make uh yeah make it like the best movie ever right all right yeah, that, um, we'll talk about that later frank did you have any um last thoughts on these movies no i mean i just thought it was a really fun list of movies to watch um I love 80s B-movies, and I think that, I think Orion and I feel pretty similar in the sense that, like, I don't know, I think you can always find something extra in a movie, like, where you, especially when somebody, like, puts their all into making something, even if it's not, like, the most technically masterful thing, like, there still is a lot you can take out of it. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a good time. It was a good list. Oh, did you have any final thoughts on? <clears throat> um, I'm sure that there's so many there's so many 80s B-movies, I probably have only scratched the surface. So for now, these are the top These are the top five or six, including Iced. But I'm sure there's some out there that I haven't found yet that I'm going to be like, oh my God, how have I like not, how have I avoided this movie my whole life? This is like the best movie ever. I'm sure that's probably going to happen. So I have to go into those um, playlists, Frank, and just watch. That's how I saw like Rawhead Rex and stuff through a random just just saw it randomly in there so i'm gonna yeah. probably go back in and probably find some more there, there's some legit there. like really um really fun stuff just kind of like buried in those playlists mm -hmm. um we we both watched you know like ghost house yeah. um on those lists and stuff and just not like the best movies or anything but just fun so i have a bunch of them saved in my uh my youtube library All right. Well, um, oh, like you supported us um, since the beginning in terms of like, you know, like, especially like, you know, the quick cage and the spin chagrin and all that kind of stuff. Like you're always like, you know, giving us like, I think oh is frozen. I don't know if he can hear me or not. Um, maybe you can listen back to this if he is frozen. Um, but uh, yeah, you've always supported us with all this stuff and uh, we really appreciate it. And um yeah so we'll do ice next year uh at some point and um since you're frozen yeah there we go he's gone um but thank you for being on and um we will be back next week with um or in two weeks maybe with a, a willow deep dive uh that we're going to do and then frank we're starting 72 82 92 and 2002 for the rest of the year correct yep and i i owe you those lists and i definitely did not do that this week so it's the only reason i brought it up um glad you picked up one all right thank you sir um yep. all right have a good week everybody Deuces. thanks for listening